The Data Engineering Show is brought to you by Firebolt. It's the cloud data warehouse for insanely fast analytics over terabytes of data with fewer resources. Welcome back to the Data Engineering Show. Uh, we, we have Xiao Xu joining us today. Uh, she's a very well-known data engineering uh, blogger. Would you say that's correct, Xiao Xu? Uh, and thought leader, influencer. You can tell us all about that in a second. And she's a data engineer at Adyen which is a financial like technology platform, basically, which I'm sure we'll also learn a lot about. Uh, yeah. Do you want to say a few words as intro, Xiaoxu? Yeah. So um, I actually started my career in 2017. Uh, I first started my career as a software engineer, and then I joined an international bank uh, for a few years, and then I moved to a startup. Uh, as an official data engineer. And then uh, right now I'm at Adyen, uh, which is a uh, yeah, fintech company. Uh, what we do is we do payment worldwide. Uh, so as you can imagine, data is everywhere in the company. Uh, we need the data for reporting, fraud detection, machine learning model, etc. And on the side, I'm also yeah blogging, as you mentioned. And right now I'm busy with my first data engineering online course, which hopefully uh, can be finished soon. But yeah, I love uh, writing content and then do knowledge sharing with the community. Yeah, that's uh, in a nutshell. Nice. So you're hosting the data engineering course, basically, like you're, you're the, or you're taking it. It's an online, let's say self-paced learning materials. Uh, it's on the, it will be published on a platform called Educative, uh, where you can basically learn things through uh, reading content, not really video, but right uh, through reading. So yeah, I'm busy with the final reviews, et cetera. So hopefully it can be finished soon. Obviously, if there's any material we can link and share to our yeah. listeners. Thank you. Really appreciate it, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have you back. We'll have you back in a couple of months once, once everything's ready. So what got you into blogging basically, right? So you have more than 10,000 followers on Medium. Like, tell us about that journey kind of going from software engineer to data engineer to then being like a thought leader in the space. Yeah, sure. Um, so I can start with my writing journey. I started writing in May 2020, basically right at the beginning of the pandemic. I always call my medium blog as my uh, pandemic baby. Um, so the thing is, before pandemic, our team had this weekly knowledge sharing session where, you know, like everybody would share their insights, findings, products in this meeting. And then during pandemic, this type of meeting became extremely important because we can't really see each other anymore. And then that meeting was basically the only moment that we can learn from each other. So whenever it was my turn to do a presentation, I always putting a lot of effort to make the presentation by giving a bit more context uh, and then give more examples and then preparing Jupyter notebooks so people can reproduce it at, at home whenever they want. So I remember it all started with one presentation. I, I was doing the thing about data class and the name tuple in Python. I did a session because I couldn't really find the things I want online. So I did my own experimentations uh, and then I did a session. It went pretty well. And after the session, I thought, okay, maybe I can share with a larger audience online because nothing was really confidential. And also at that time, things we were staying at home, I was also trying 
to find a way to be connected with the rest of the world. So I quickly summarized my note and then published my article in just two days. This is back when you were at ING, right? And back then you were still a software engineer. So was your blog about software engineering initially and then you transitioned to data engineering at some point? Yes, exactly. So the first few blogs were written during my uh, my ING time. So it was all about uh, Python and then those little details about Python and then comparing different packages and the optimization, etc. So indeed, it was all started with the software engineering content. And yeah, after I published my first article, I was really surprised because on the next day, it got so many views. Like, I don't know if it should work like that or not. I was super excited and also motivated. And then I collect my other notes and then I published two other articles in the first week. So that was the most productive week in terms of my writing. And then the more I write, the more I enjoy it. So I kind of like make it as a habit and I start producing more and more uh, contents. Right. So you went viral right away, basically. So I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I still a puzzle for me. Yeah? Like, but like, as I write more uh, articles, I realized that not I've, every article should be like that. So it was definitely uh, a luck. Maybe uh, like other engineers uh, also had that problem at that time, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was really surprised. When did you start to feel like a data engineer and less of a software engineer? And how did it feel like? Yeah, that's a very good question. I actually intended to be a data engineer. So my career change was from was the moment from ING to DOT, uh, which is the first time I became a data engineer. So the, the, the thing is, when I was at ING, I was working with a data integration platform team as a software engineer. Uh, and then my main responsibility was to help the team build the data in, uh, the data integration platform from scratch. So although we were busy with the platform work, like setting up infrastructure, writing software, I was also writing uh, software to integrate data into different uh, systems. And it, as, it, as you can tell, it was already a sort of like a data engineering work, although I wasn't really realizing that. But then a few years later, I started to read a bit more about data engineering. I, I'm trying to recall why, but I think it was because all the news from the cloud providers or maybe just more people on my LinkedIn start to have data engineer title. And then I started to read a bit more and then I was really interested in those cloud services. And then I followed uh, some tutorials here and there. I was really surprised because essentially what I was doing in the data integration platform can be requested at a service in the cloud providers. And it was kind of mind-blowing for me. <laughs> uh, I don't mean like it can be technically, like physically replaced, but like on a conceptual level, because we were doing like a Kafka cluster. We were building our own Kafka cluster, streaming engine, and then we were building our own scheduling system. Uh, and then we were uh, doing our own mo monitoring alerting, et cetera. All this can actually be requested as a service from the cloud providers. And then I really uh, wanted to get more into that area. So I started to look for like jobs, which 
uh, uses the cloud services and then also uh, provide those official data engineer title. And that's how I yeah, transit from a software engineer to a data engineer. Would you say that being a software engineer gave you some advantage in becoming a data engineer? Is that related to the project you've been involved with as a software engineer or it's just your journey? What have you seen out there? What can you share? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think software engineer, engineer and data engineer are very similar. So if people are thinking about changing their career from one to the other, it's definitely possible. I see many people have done this in my friend circle and I'm also an example. But at the same time, they are like, also very different. They have their own strengths and skills, and they can also learn from each other. And for me, I feel like there are two things which really helps me uh, in my data engineering journey. One is that as a software engineer, you know, we have this mentality of building things from scratch, right? We love coding and we love writing unit tests to make sure our software works perfect. But the testing part is not really a standard in data engineering, especially the unit testing part. It, it is what I felt. Like people would write more data validation tests as part of the production pipeline rather than unit test as part of the CSCD. But when you start to create really complicated transformation logics, you need unit tests to make sure that you you know what you have written and you are confident on your code. And when I was at DOT, we were mostly using SQL to write transformation logic. And then writing unit tests for SQL was such a pain. <laughs> um, but I did see the value of doing that. So I, and also uh, one thing is I were, we were using DBT. So everything was in SQL. So I came up with this unit testing framework in DBT that allow us to do unit testing in, uh, in DBT, uh, which works really well in the end. This is one let's say, advantage, I can see that we can introduce uh, more software engineering best practices into data engineering field, uh, which makes it uh, more, yeah, more robust and then more, uh, more correct. And also, I'm happy to see that DBT will soon support unit testing natively as well. Uh, it is also a trend and it means that people uh, want to introduce more software engineering best practices to, uh, to the data engineering. So when you're talking about unit testing DBT, then like this is something like, okay, here's a part of the pipeline and here's some input data, here's some output data and kind of making sure that the transformation works as expected. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really run in the production pipeline as the task next to the regular data transformation, but it runs in the CSCD and it can block the release if there's something uh, going on there. So indeed, yeah. And it runs on the like same data warehouse that you're running on anyways, just with like a then significantly reduced data set basically. So for the unit test, I usually prepare my own input and output. So uh, I don't usually use the production data for unit testing because one, it can change. And two, it's usually quite big, the data set. So it can take a longer time. Uh, so I prepare my own data set and I also know what is testing in the data set. Um, so I have more control over it. Right, but it runs on the same system. So if you're running on BigQuery, for example, your unit tests would also then be a DBT job running kind of on BigQuery 
orchestrated by the whatever CI system you use. So for me, it will create a data set dedicated for unit test in BigQuery, for example. That's good. So we talked a bit about then, I love this angle, by the way, kind of your like software background kind of yeah, giving you like, allowing you to think about testing and all of those things kind of maybe in a rigorous way. Like you finished university in 2017, right? Like how would you say your like traditional computer science degree in a sense prepared you for a data engineering job now? Like, do you think universities are doing a good job here? Do you think like, it didn't help at all? Like, what, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think university did help me because um, it because uh, in my bachelor, I didn't really study computer science. I was studying um, electrical engineering. So it was more like on the hardware side. Master uh, program was the first time that I started to know about computer science and learn coding, et cetera. So it definitely helped me uh, for the long term. But of course, what we learned in a university was very, uh, let's say, low level. It's uh, and very, let's say, basic. And a lot of things I still learn through the work self. So learning by doing it. Life, Benjamin. Life. <laughs> you don't learn much at school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's good for the for the CV. Um, where did you study? Um, my bachelor was in China in Shanghai, and then my master uh, was in the Netherlands in Delft, Delft uh, University. Nice, and you fell in love with the, with the Netherlands, and kind of now now we're in Amster- Amsterdam. That's awesome. Yeah, except for the weather, the weather is crazy these days. But uh, yeah, for the rest, uh, so far so good. You know, Amsterdam has a very long tradition of innovation on, on databases, uh, CWI in Amsterdam, MonetDB, and like also a lot of stuff. DuckDB, DuckDB, and Python as well. Yeah, yeah, Dutch people like uh, programming. <laughs> Wait till you visit Munich, by the way. Uh, okay. <laughs> but it is, it is a, like, yeah, it is, a, it is, it is a lot of innovation coming from there. We have like, we have a big office in Munich and, and we love those places and so yeah, it uh, brings me warm, uh, warm memories. Um, what is what is like you've mentioned bringing migrating software engineering practices to data engineering? Is that a good thing? Is there a way to actually rethink software engineering practices, given the fact that data engineers now interact a lot with new stakeholders, with users, with the business? I kind of I've always thought about data engineering as an evolution in many ways of software engineering because you're much closer to the final, like to the outcome, the value of the stuff you're building. Um, is it changing? Are we still kind of doing the same data engineering stuff uh, all over? Or what do you see there? Are there new trends coming uh, uh, on how data engineering should evolve? Or is it basically, yes, we trust software engineering uh, because... If you do a subset of the data and then you do unit tests on it, and, and will it repre- reflect actually that? Should you run it on the production? reason I'm mentioning it, we get those questions all the time. And frankly, we don't know what to answer. So usually we don't try to intervene in how people perceive the data lifecycle. We just try to build a product or kind of to support their journey. There's so many ways to get things done right uh, with data. But I was wondering, are we trying to rebuild our software engineering stack? 
or are we also going to improve it or simplify it so we can have a bigger data engineering community? Because it's a lot about the community as well. Yeah. Um, so what I see is they are not really conflicting. Uh, I feel like uh, the software engineering skills uh, only gives me benefit rather than uh, let's say I had a stereotype on something and I couldn't accept what is uh, being done in the data, uh, data in the data engineering side. But well, to to be fair, when I just became a data engineer in the first two months, I was indeed really surprised by the actual work the data engineer was doing because before I was doing this low-level programming hardcore every day. But when I just switched, I actually spent most of the time like reading and understanding uh, the systems rather than coding. And at the end of the day, what you need to do is maybe just changing a few configurations. And, and for me, this change at the beginning was a bit strange. Like I used to this coding, I don't know how many lines per day, this type of thing. But in the end, it was just like, okay, changing a, yeah, like changing a YAML file or click a button on, on, in, the, in the cloud. But then the more I learn, I'm, I feel like there's another dimension in it because I really need to learn the, the theory and the, yeah, how the system works under the hood, which is also very interesting for me. So, yeah, so I, that's why in the end, I also very, very enjoy this work. But coming back to your question, like how this data engineering skills influence software engineering, another point I can see is that the software engineering skills brings a lot of potential to a data engineering team because, of course, we have those modern data stacks that we can leverage without reinventing the wheel or without having a lot of engineering effort. But sometimes we are also constrained by these toolings. And when we are constrained, then we need people with coding skill to expand this capability. And I can give you like one example. When I first joined, I was trying to like the team was trying to um, make a connection between DBT cloud and Airflow. At that time, the DBT cloud operator was not here yet. So I implemented our own customer operator uh, and stuff like that. In the end, it worked well. And of course, a few months later, the operator came out and then we replaced that one with the official one. But we can make this possible a few months earlier because we have someone in the team who can do this for us. So I feel like a data team should have at least one data engineer with software engineering background uh, because they can really bring a lot of potentials to the to the data team. Yeah, this is uh, this is how I feel. Absolutely, about it. absolutely. You know, data apps, data platforms—they run twenty four seven, very unpredictable. Even though we think of them as totally predictable with this, you know, with the modeling and then we've tested everything, but but they're not. They serve other users, and those users do take those uh, uh, data apps to their extremes. Uh, and you're right, like keeping business continuity by having those this depth in the team, even though it's not needed on a daily basis, like a software engineering team, uh, that makes can make the whole difference. And I've seen that many times. Spot on. Yeah. And another good example is the uncle culture. Um, a while ago, I also wrote an article about it. Uh, in the software engineering world, we 
do a lot of on-call like duties uh, because those softwares are mostly like APIs. They are exposed by they are exposed to the outside world, and then if the API is done, then we need to do duty, etc. But the data in the data engineering world, the on-call culture isn't really a thing there. But at the same time, I feel like we do need to have this uh, culture. It doesn't mean that we need to be on duty twenty four seven if some a dashboard breaks, probably it doesn't really matter. But it's more about how data engineers should handle on-demand requests, should handle unplanned work, should handle all those kind of requests from the from the other uh, teams, like incidents. Uh, on that point, we can learn a lot from how the software software engineering teams do the do the on-call, for example. I loved your I loved your comment on the dashboard being broken not being important. Our last guest, Vin Vashista, said he never saw a dashboard that had positive ROI. So it seems like everyone he, said he just- never saw a dashboard that's not broken. Even if it returns results, it's deep inside broken. <laughs> well, that that's a true story everywhere, I guess. <laughs> 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 the the consistent data engineering show theme. No one cares about dashboards. Um, nice. One thing I'm curious about, right, is like you you have quite a journey behind you now in terms of data engineering. Like, how do you notice today that you've actually gotten better, right? So for a software engineer, okay, like you get better at designing clean interfaces. I don't know, getting into new code bases, all of those things. Like, how does growth actually look like as a data engineer to you? Like, how do you know that today you're better or more senior than you were a couple of years back? Uh, yeah, that, that's a very good question. I evaluated myself from like different dimensions. One is the, let's say, the landscape I know on the data technologies. Although I know there are like so many stuff out there, it's basically impossible to uh, catch up with everything. But I see a few core technologies which are really important for me. And I try to learn them and go deep into them um, as far as I can. So for example, the cloud stuff, like you don't really need to learn every single cloud provider, but getting production experience with one cloud provider can really help you learn a lot as a data engineer. And also another thing is uh, Spark. Um, I I find Spark really uh, a really interesting and powerful, let's say, data processing engine. This is also what we do a lot at Ardian. Like we have a really Spark cluster and then it's my first time to uh, learn Spark as well. So there are like so many new stuff out there as well. Uh, and another stack is Airflow, like the OG <laughs> for the data orchestration. Uh, you must uh, master it. Um, there's no question. And some other data transformation, uh, let's say toolings. I love DBT. I, I feel really lucky. Like when I joined Dot, which was my first data engineer, let's say company, I was exposed to most of the tools that I wanted. Uh, even now, like I, I learned cloud, DBT, and Airflow, etc. So one is on the tooling side, and another dimension is that I think in the end we try to make data as a product. So there's also uh, a lot of connection with the business, like how. I would make sure that my data fit its purpose, how it helps the business, how it impacts the business. This is something that I'm trying to um, yeah, be better on it as well, either by developing toolings, like I was 
dreaming about this data status page. I did a POC uh, when I was at DOT. So basically every data pipeline or data product has its own SLA and SLO. And then we have a status page which can show the status and then we can communicate with the stakeholders. So either by developing toolings or building my own software skills and then to talk to stakeholders and then be better at the storytelling, etc. So yeah, two parts. One is on the technology side and one is on the, let's say, data acceptance. Yeah, and also improve the data quality to be better used by the users. Those like business skills of understanding how your data is used, kind of understanding what value it provides and so on. Would you say getting better at that is transferable between companies or like it gets hard reset every time you switch company? Yeah, it definitely gets better. Uh, so when I first joined DOT, it was like a small data team. Uh, we had six people, a data engineer, and then a few analysts, a scientist. So the number of uh, stakeholders was, were not that much. So for me, it was more about learning new technologies rather than, let's say, scaling my business skills. But now I moved to a company which uh, has 250 data people and a lot of stakeholders because for me, I work in a product team. So in a product team, I need to talk to my stakeholders on a daily basis. So I really need to understand their feelings and to make sure that what I do uh, fit their purposes and also talk to the other data people within the company. Uh, so the scale is much bigger. So I feel like in my current role, I'm building my business skills much more than the, the technical skills. By the way, I've heard, I've seen, and I know people that actually also moved to product. So they started in software engineering, they, they went to data engineering, then they actually, they ended up in product because data engineering puts you in front of users much more frequently than software engineering. As you said, it puts you in front of stakeholders. You find yourself talking product and, and being product-led growth. And the product is the business. So more and more companies operate like that. I think this is the big revolution uh, that goes into how we run businesses. It's kind of, we see that from consensus over dashboards to really driving the business with a data product. And I think that's where data engineering will be pivotal. And, and, and you're one of them, like you're the, like, really, like, uh, to me, at least, kind of uh, the perfect definition of the future of data engineering. Oh, um, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> really, I'm sorry. I, I have to say it. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying in, with kind of your philosophy and mindset. And what can I say? I hope many more will follow. Yeah, thank you. I also agree with what you say that uh, some data people will become product people because in the end, like uh, like like you said, uh, right now I'm in a uh, like a product team. So although I'm a data engineer, but I need to know a lot of stuff about the product. Uh, so uh, my team is doing report for the financial controller. So I need to know all the financial products that we do at the company and all those spaces and logics are maintained by us. So maybe one day when I get enough business knowledge, then I can easily switch to a product team and then uh, do product. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Chao <laughs> uh, Xu, any closing words on your end? Yeah, so maybe like we were talking about uh, switching from, like for me, I switched from software engineer to a data engineer, but maybe like some of the audience want to do the other way around, like switching to a software engineer from a data engineer. And they might wonder like what 
their past experience can help them in the future. So maybe two like closing remarks on that. One is, uh, I think as a data engineer, we have very strong end-to-end ownership because we don't just look at one single component. We look at the entire chain from end to end. And I feel like the end to end ownership sometimes is lacking in a software engineer. Uh, but having that really helps because we've been discussing about data contract. It's mostly a contract between backend team and data team, but it can also be a backend team and a backend team. Uh, so to have those close connection between your upstream and downstreams can help you and help the company prevent a lot of issues. This is one, let's see, uh, the advantage. And another is that maybe not that common is if you work with cloud, you probably, let's say, know a lot about the cost of optimization side. And you can also bring this mentality to a software engineering team by optimizing the resources and having this kind of mindset can also help the team grow uh, as well. So it works both ways because it's never the case that one is the subset of the other. Like people can always switch around and learn from each other. Impossible. It's in, dead engineers have cost consciousness embedded in their DNA. <laughs> Software engineers, they work in budgets and come and, and, and have a lot of excuses. Just kidding. I love software engineers. Thank you. Thank you for the insightful last uh, kind of uh, 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 ending comments. Definitely. Thanks. Thanks so much for being on the show, Chaokshu. We had a great time. Uh, enjoy your evening. And yeah, we look forward to, to reading your learning, learning course soon. The Data Engineering Show is brought to you by Firebolt. It's the cloud data warehouse for insanely fast analytics over terabytes of data with fewer resources.